2: We are going to start a new series here and tonight uh, where I thought we'd start... We've you know, got to start somewhere, so we're going to start in 1970 uh, because A, it's 50 years ago, B, it's when we won the FA Cup and C, it's when a lot of our generation began sporting the club. So we're going to go back and we're going to cover uh, an entire season, talk about an entire season, and we're going to do every year going forward from 1970. But, of course, we're starting with 1970 after this break. <laughs> back this is the chelsea fan cast of me stanford chidge and mr jonathan kid
3: and
2: the right reverend tony glover
3: Bonsoir. sorry so- what got, are I've you got, doing i've got a mute button mate right next to me and I, I just didn't hit it quick enough
2: well clearly not uh and uh last but by no means least the small but perfectly formed historian alexandra churchill and Bertie and Bertie there you go now as I was saying before the break um in in lieu of no uh football to talk about per se I thought it would be great fun to go back in time and uh and and basically kind of look back at a season and I thought well we could do it randomly you know which would be fun but I thought well actually why don't we it's 50 years since Chelsea won the FA Cup this year which for many of us was the greatest achievement in the club's history uh, until, of course, we started winning everything a few years ago. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, Tony started supporting the club at that year. I know I was a bit younger, so I didn't, but plenty of others did. So I thought, well, why don't we start at 1970 and just keep going? You know, we've got 50 years to play with here and do it every Backward. week. Going backwards from there no we're going we're starting in 1970 and we're going to present day
3: he's so contrarian isn't he he
2: is so there we go so that's what we're going to do um and i thought we'll do it in two parts first part what what i thought we'd do is we'll, we'll concentrate uh a bit like uh, many clubs have to do we're going to concentrate on the league so we're going to have a look at the league campaign and uh, and we'll look at some of the standout players and some of the standout matches but maybe um shall i start with you jonathan i mean i know i sent you all a list of uh all the various matches and things. I have Bound of Frydale at my fingertips for any additional information that we need. As do Um, I. As as, as does uh, Tony. So, um, you know, would you like to start, Jonathan? Where would you like to start? Um, I'd like to start with the
0: picture you've sent us. And uh, I know it's radio, but uh, it's a... Jolly picture of them all. Somebody said something very amusing and I'll quickly go through the team in that picture Which I'm going to do without looking at the names because I'm that kind of bloke um, Hinton, Hutchinson, Webb, Hughes, Bonetti, Dempsey, McCready, Hollins, Tambling, Baldwin, Osgood, Houseman, Boyle, Hudson, Cook and Birchenall and uh, What a team that was um, Quite fantastic uh, um, the the talent there just bulges out. And Harris, of course, sitting on the ball. Sorry, Ronnie Harris sitting on the ball in the front. Um, but um and b- uh, you said bulging and ball in the same sentence. I did, I did. I couldn't <laughs> sorry, it's me and Tony. I had to point that yeah, out, otherwise we would be failing. Was, uh, <laughs> I, was my subconscious was, was was doing very well there. Um uh, well, and interestingly, at the end of the season, bizarrely, both Birchinall and Tambling uh, were sold to Crystal Palace, who had a kind of resurgent. I can't remember who who bought them at the time, but somebody had a lot of money and was splashing the cash. And then Charlie Cook followed them the following season. And and yet they never did, did terribly well there. And Birchnell then, um, they bought Birchnell from uh, from Leicester. Birchnell was a, a character, a character, as one would say in the 1930s. And um, he had an interesting kind of sort of uh, um, um, mod barnet, um, which is a, a modern haircut. And um, and had his, or wore his sleeves on his shirt down... Uh, Rather like Dennis Law, so that he was holding on to the the. I'm doing this while I'm uh, while I'm attempting to describe it. He held on to the cuffs, which sort of pulled the shirt down, which gave him a quite a sort of of, of uh, erect kind of uh, persona. But he was a decent forward, but didn't play very much in this season. He only had 14 appearances, and Tambling was clearly on his way out, having been the uh, the greatest gold scorer the club had had. Because Sexton, who was the manager, um, who uh, was clearly a uh, uh, a very creative thinker who'd been Tommy Doherty's um, coach before that, um, decided he wanted to play a certain way. And uh, Tambling and Burchenall didn't figure the two strikers. It just seemed a very strange thing to do for us fans who'd been weaned on the brilliance of Tambling, who only the season before had scored against Liverpool uh, in the cup and and was, and against West Ham. I was there, I remember at Upton Park him scoring the winning goal and was kind of their hero. So that you have that kind of sinking feeling as a, Fan who doesn't really know what's going on. You know what it's like when somebody in the era where somebody you love gets sold. But um, a bit like Hazard, really. But in this instance, he went to Palace, so clearly we um, were a, a team several notches down. So uh, Sexton obviously had a view, and the view was, um absolutely correctly, that he wanted to to change the uh, the the per, the um, the personnel. Um, and Baldwin was obviously became a main feature in the side as a striker, um, and he'd been. Uh, swapped for with a little bit of money for George Graham and once again George Graham was a brilliant player and one of my favorite players and once again there is this hole when you're little in your in your in your, your heart your best players being sold in the same way that uh, I really had a thing against Nevin when he was sold to Everton because I loved him so much and it, it's it's when you've got really class players and it, you're, it, the older you get the more I, the older I get the more I can understand why it's happening because of the, the tactics and whatever or or they're a bit past their sell-by but you you remember them so fondly and Tambling was such a great player and this was his um this was his final season and he was on it he didn't get picked for the cup final and he was because of course at the end of this this season we uh, um, we won the FA Cup um, yeah. and he didn't and, get a goal he didn't and, get and a goal yes. did he no no clearly there was something going on that, yeah. that uh, Sexton saw and yeah. um and he played Hutchinson, who was a revelation. And he bought Hutchinson from Cambridge United, hadn't he? he was a non-league player, yeah. And and he, with his wonderful throw-ins, interesting that. Oh, what a
3: what who, a and I mean it in the nicest possible way. What a weapon that throwing was.
0: Completely, completely. It was. It, it's something that you wonder. And who was it? Had it dilap did it at Stoke all the time, didn't he? Yeah. You always, you always thought. They're going to get a goal from this, and they yeah, did. Yeah. It was a, it was an, another, another string to the bow, and they were. Well, it was, it's the
3: equivalent of a free kick or corner when you've got yeah, somebody who can yeah, throw it like
0: that. And it, you know, and the amount of fouling that went on. You have to remember that the referees didn't apply the laws in any way near the same way. And of course, we're having the the horror of playing dirty leads all the time. And I, and I said this on uh, Chatty to Chid on Monday. Um, everybody hated leads, uh, not because they were the best side. It's because they were complete. Filthy bastards, and, and he <laughs> had Re- Revy made them into a side that not only were they technically brilliant. So you'd wonder why they had to do it. They were appalling. They just kicked everything and everybody. So consequently, that's why we all hate Leeds and Leeds and Leeds. We all fucking hate Leeds and Leeds came about. Because, and it wasn't just us who hated them. Everybody hated. Them. He was so hated. And the fact that then Revy ended up. Managing England when he had a very specific way of playing, that you had no, there was, well, they were deeply talented his players, but they weren't allowed to be talented. There was no room for a Maverick, you know, there was no room for a a Worthington or a Bowles. The the
3: hatred of Rivy and Leeds was kind of funneled, wasn't it, by Brian Clough for for many, even if he wasn't your manager, he was Derby's manager at the time. The
2: the, the interesting thing, chaps, was that uh, Leeds. Were the top scorers in the division? They scored fifty goals at home and thirty-four away. Yeah. Uh, uh, nobody got close to them. In fact, actually, Chelsea uh, and yeah, Chelsea were the only team we matched them for goals for away from home. So you know, with all of their horribleness, uh, immense horribleness, they they were a bloody good side. Well, There's no had, doubt about that.
0: Mick Jones and Alan Clark were <clears throat> absolutely top players. They had top players. It was just they were absolutely regimented. You know, Bremner was brilliant. Giles, Johnny Giles, one of the best players in the in the league, possibly at the time, uh, a really top European player. I mean, a fantastic uh, Irish midfielder had originally played for Man United. Um, uh, I don't know why they sold him, but they, 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 I can't remember the reason. But but he and uh, and these other Reaney was the England left back, you had. Uh, I always felt their goalkeepers were a bit dodgy because, of course, they had Gary Sprake, who let the first goal from the cup final from Hausman under his <laughs> through his legs. But of course, that the reason for that was that they'd been. The weirdly hadn't been the horse of the year um, show hadn't been there that year. It had been something else. That's a kind of that's the wrong story. I remember um, reading about that. It was but it it hadn't recovered. It was about several months beforehand, but the grass hadn't recovered. So the actual final itself at Wembley was played on this this sort of soggy. Mud, mud patch where the ball didn't bounce, so it slipped under under Sprake's body from Hausman's kind of.
2: Okay, well we're going to talk about the cup in we'll infinite gl- glorious quality. detail. Uh Just sum up. Can I sum up here? Can I sum up? Um, yeah, the, the, please um, do.
0: Uh, the, let me go through the team very quickly. Um, I'd say Birchinall was a favourite. There's a wonderful picture of him kissing Tony Carey, the Sheffield United, another maverick, brilliant maverick player, who of course hardly ever played for England consequently. Uh, you've got, um, got Birchenall who was a, a fan's favourite and he, he ended up being at Leicester, being their uh, man on the pitch, their kind of spy equivalent and uh, great personality. Um, uh, Charlie Cook, of course, uh, uh, superb, superb player. Uh, Alan Hudson didn't didn't play in the Cup Final ultimately another superb player Johnny Boyle c- wonderfully competitive midfielder Hausman um, given a hard time by some of the crowd who called him Mary for goodness sake I don't know why but because um, uh, uh, he could be a little bit I don't know just not involved but brilliant curling crosses um, the king of course Osgood is good Osgood which was one of the chants Osgood is good Osgood is good who was completely phenomenal um, Baldwin who just known as the sponge uh, i think that was because of his drinking capabilities rather than his <laughs> ability to soak up pressure um uh um who was you know just was always there or thereabouts in the setup he worked in the kind of extra striker johnny hollins um completely brilliant uh, um stop only got one cap for goodness sake i mean absurd brilliant youthful player macready scottish international superb superb fullback uh, john dempsey been playing at fulham ridiculous haircut but uh um, phenomenal, um, you know, just a really reliable centre-half. The cat, of course, Burnetti, uh, England international, um, who unfortunately that year in the World Cup um, came on and was under great pressure and we uh, lost against Germany. Uh, Tommy Hughes, very reliable goalkeeper, came in on several occasions. David Webb, signed from Southampton. It's absolutely um, um, a brilliantly um, competitive cent- uh, cent- centre-half. Hutchinson, who we've talked about uh um, always there with a wonderful partnership with Osgood, um, tall, com- competitive, and uh, Marvin Hinton, known as Lou. I don't know why, but um, uh, as the other, he played centre half and fullback, and and of course in the front, sitting on the ball, Ronnie Harris himself, Chopper, who. Uh, uh, could could pass really well. That was one of his other attributes, as well as kicking people rather sadly in the nuts quite regularly. But um, uh, a very astute mind Harris had as well, which people don't talk about. Very good, very good midfield player. And that's the team. Absolutely wonderful.
2: Scott. Well, wonderfully set the scene there, JK. Thank you. Uh, now, Tony, um, I've kind of been itching to talk to you about this because, of course... You know, I, I, I forget this. I mean, we've we've talked about it fair enough. So I can't believe I did, but this was your first season supporting Chelsea. So, I mean, how how old were you, or is that revealing personal secrets which um, we should not? Well, nine. You were nine.
3: nine. So I actually, I was. I would have been nine in August 1970. So eight for that season. Yes, a 69-70 season. Eight. So I was born in '61.
0: You remember a lot though when you're eight and a kid, about uh,
3: and, and yeah, you, you're right. I mean, for me, I, I guess it was the first hint at what I would call idolatry. Uh, that that I yeah I didn't know what that meant, obviously, but it was the first time um, that that kind of thing had ever happened to me. Because at school I was um, so I would have been at what we now called junior school um probably in the third or probably the third year of junior school i don't know they call it year seven or eight or whatever i don't know I don't get it these days um and football mad absolutely football mad and i i'm now going to conjure up an image for you of um we never we were never allowed to use proper footballs in the school playground for the fear of windows getting broken etc so we used to play with uh, either um if you like tennis balls which had been smuggled into the school um or and the favorite this was was a sock ball and it was basically a ball made out of old socks that we a ball of cloth yeah. yes yes yeah yeah remember yep. them well yes and we used to play football with that uh, and so I was a, a young aspiring I think my favorite position was uh, inside right or outside right. So in the days where you had five five along the center line, um, you know, you had a right back, left back, uh, center half, inside, um, left w half, formation. right half. Yes, that's right. Um, and so I, I always fancied myself as a winger. I didn't know any footballers at the time. So about halfway through that season, I just didn't know. And I started to sort of get an interest in watching match of the day. And I didn't really get the teams, but if there was a team that caught my eye, oddly enough, it was Derby County on the television because I think they played in white and had black shorts. Um, but of course, everything was in black and white then. Fabulous yeah, team. Yeah, and, and it was and it was Clough's Derby. You know, so this was a team that um, I think were you know on the cusp yep. of. O'Hare. Yeah, on the cusp of those sort of things. But I didn't really have any allegiance to it. And and, and it was as simple as uh, the fact that I went through that season watching with interest and intrigue. And here's another thing, Cheech, um, and, and JK and Alex as well. I lived in a place called Hayes in Middlesex next to Heathrow Airport. I had no concept of that being London in any way, shape, or form. Greater London, I don't care what you call it. I had no idea, because you don't. You know, London was a city, it was the capital, we knew that, but I didn't know it was you know, like eight miles down the road from me, you know, the center of London. Um, and I just remember at school, Cup Fever was building, and all of the friends I can remember at the time wanted Leeds to win the Cup. And it's as simple and as childish as the fact that the word Leeds, even though we didn't know how to spell it, meant leaders. Do you get that? Leeds, leaders? They're leads. They must be the, in the lead. Do you know what I mean? It was that simple kind of thing because none of us had any idea of football. And I just remember going home, uh, my dad coming in from work, and, and my dad, I was saying, dad, dad, you know, with the cup finals on, the cup finals on, and, and who should I support? And he just said, you know, uh, and he was a bit of a well, probably similar sort of accent to me. He just sort of went, we support your local team, don't you? And I went, okay, who's that? Hayes? They're not in the final, dad, you know. Uh, and he said, no, it's Chelsea, isn't it? London team, innit? That was my first conscious awareness of the fact that I lived close to London, and that Chelsea were a London team. And so, I, I, being the contrarian, the good contrarian that I was, I chose Chelsea amongst, you know, probably the only one amongst all of my friends, eight-year-old friends, who were, you know, plumping for Leeds because of the name Leeds. You then got the concept of the league and started to watch. The you know match of the day, and I used to I was the one thing that astounded me was that when the final whistle went, no one the players just went and walked off the pitch, because when we won a football game at school, we were like champions, you know, you were getting like chairlifted around the playground or around, whatever. So it was very very different times. And um, within a week of uh, of choosing Chelsea as my team, um, and rightfully so because we had the royal blue kit, you know, all, 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 all blue kit, it was, a, I think it was described as royal blue, even though it was probably not quite as dark as navy, but in that picture, that very picture, Chish, that very picture that is there and on the Bound of Friedel page is the one I had on my bedroom wall, and I must have had six or seven copies of it, and then cuttings from the newspapers with pictures of Peter Osgood, Hutchinson, Hudson, Peter Bonetti, who was my absolute childhood hero. Because I was a short, I, if I wasn't outside right, I wanted to be a goalkeeper, and I just I loved the idea that he was called the cat. Why is he called the cat? Dad, because he can, you know, he can, he's agile. He can, you know, jump like a cat, and that, all that sort of. It's, it's very romanticised version of it, um, but you know, uh, that, that's where it, that's actually where the kickoff, everything came from that and that picture on that is absolutely iconic because that was on my bedroom wall for fucking years.
2: Well, that's brilliant Tony. Um now Alex <clears throat> you you were yet to be uh conceived. I was only 5 years old in 1970. Um I'd be curious to know what I mean I'll share my perceptions of that team in a minute but I'd be curious to know what yours is because I mean, you know, even if you are really young like we are delightfully are. Um if you support Chelsea, it's kind of ingrained on your historical conscience, isn't it? The kings of the King's roadside and how they won the FA Cup. So, what was your perspective of that side growing up? Because I mean, you, you you've got a lot of Chelsea supporters in your family, haven't you? Of course.
1: Yeah, but sort of uh, dormant Chelsea supporters, not match going. Um, I don't know who Peter Osgood is. <laughs> no, I just I don't know. When I started supporting Chelsea, they were awful, and I didn't. No one. I mean, I was like eight and it was in the school playground and no one was really talking about the 1970 team. They just liked the awful team we were then. And that's what I sort of went into, like the whole Kerry Dixon era or whatever it was. Um, I didn't really have any comprehension of the 1970 lot until much, much later. um, of met Chopper, as has everyone. Um, and I do, I do list my favourite game to watch ever, is to watch uh, reruns of the cup final because just it's brilliant. Who doesn't want to see someone kicking the shit out of Leeds? For <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, oh, I, I hate. That's what it's well, done to my subconscious. I hate Leeds. They're yeah. scum. Don't, yeah. ask, don't ask me why. I've got. I've got no explanation. But they're filthy, dirty Leeds. That's
2: yeah. brilliant. It's going to be put,
3: very interesting if. if Football carries on, or if they come up with a way, if Leeds are promoted, I, I fuck me, nothing's got to me getting to Stamford Bridge for that game. No, no, me no, there's, there's a, no, We
1: talked about it on. It's a rivalry Long there, court, which a couple matches. Of weeks ago.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it matches any of the teams that we play right now for, for sheer. Well, we
1: were on there, you know, and they were laughing at us, saying that. Uh, we said anyone who's Chelsea me and Dan Silver said anyone who's Chelsea wants to see them come up and the host was like really? Of course, all of us everyone wants them to come (laughs) up anyway because we hate them and he was like (laughs) okay I
0: don't want them to come up, I want them to suffer by failing to get up again I like that (laughs)
1: No, no, no. Let them come up and get the shit kicked out of them and go back down again. That's down better. Again. Oh,
0: OK, good idea.
2: Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I'm just going to kind of finish up our little chat about that great team, because I, I, I got the stats out about the entire squad of that season, and I was really I was really surprised with what, what I found, actually. For example, I forgot that uh, Ian Hutchinson... Uh, you know, scored 22 goals that season. Mm. I, I, I knew that Aussie had a an absolute blinder, but I forgot that he'd scored 31 goals that season. Um, but I was also really surprised by the fact that um, Tommy Baldwin only played 23, uh, 23 games. I was surprised that uh, Johnny Hollins and Peter Hausman uh, played the most games with 54. Mm. He,
0: was a, um, he was a sub a lot of the time, Chidge. What Hausman? Baldwin
2: yeah yeah i mean he'd been he'd been at the club for three or four years by then so I, i'm still surprised but he did pick up I mean, a few I mean, injuries he didn't he, he
0: what's never my favorite play he wasn't he contributed but you never thought in he was a cog but you never thought he was as good as uh, as some of the great players in that that side and johnny boyle didn't get in very often in fact he got in the following season and played in the cup winners he was been there since 66 but he you, was you're in, right yeah, in.
2: you're right. You're right, Johnny Boyle. But I I knew this because when I interviewed him the other week, he was saying that he was a bit in and out then. But, I mean, the mainstays of that side that season were uh, Peter Bonetti with 48 appearances, Charlie Cook with 43, John Dempsey, 48, Ronnie Harris, 41, Marvin Hinton, 32, uh, Hollins and Houseman 54, Alan Hudson oh, yeah. played 37 games that season yeah. until he cruelly got injured, oh, exactly. uh, Ian Hutchinson, Dempsey. 35, Eddie McCready, 39, and Peter Osgood, 46, and David Webb, 40, 46. So that was the mainstay of the, of the squad, really, I think, used yeah, that yeah. season. I
3: think also, I mean, Alan Hudson, I mean, it was terrible what to him that season because he was, he was on the verge of becoming our George Best.
0: Yes, He was that
3: good. Wonderful, He, he was, was that wonderful. good. And he, he matched George Best everything. Looks, he had the swagger, uh, he had that kind of Beatles uh, aura. About him, you know, and and so for him, I think he had a broken leg, didn't he? As I recall, I think it was it was quite it was very Ankles. serious and broken ankle was it? Yeah, very serious and, and you know heartbreaking for him. Um, I, I just, I mean, I know uh, J.K. has gone through the players, but you know, there were standout players. But Ian Hutchinson was one of our most underrated players, even to this day. Yeah, um, yeah you. I, you know, you would talk to people and go, "Oh, he's just a bloody donkey," or you wouldn't. I tell you what, you you had to see him in full flow. You had to see. His his whole aura on the pitch. You know, the, the fact that we were FA Cup winners that year comes down to that throw. Just go. I urge anybody who's not watched it go and watch that final goal, um, which was the first time in the entire final we'd gone into the lead. Um, uh, and look at where Hutchinson starts that throw and where it ended up. It is phenomenal. It, you know, and I, I've said it before. I see all this poncing around all this fucking dressage short corners and wankery that goes around that right and yeah you know, i'm like an ultra, a traditionalist who just wants to see the ball get launched in there someone on the end of it bang you know the beard she or or who you know get the ball in there you've got a free cross for fuck's sake and 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 we don't see it anymore. we don't see the long throw as part of the game anymore it seems to have been designed out of the game by the 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 fucking the dressage monkeys who just want you know oh I just want beautiful tappy tappy football and yet that was so phenomenal and Ian Hutchinson, a real real hero to me.
2: Anyway, yeah. brilliant Tony. Um, dressage right, monkeys. Yeah, I like that. That one's that that one's going in the bank, not the wank bank, that, but the bank. No,
1: I love that someone slated J K for being miserable last week. Well, you asked for miserable. Yeah. <laughs> miserable? Why Benefits. Did you what? not see that on Twitter? Yeah, no. called said you were turned into an old misery. I, I
0: didn't. I missed that. I tend to miss these oh. things. I think I've got a. Yeah, in. but I
1: was, Ivanovic used to do the long off. throw. We did yeah, a bit. Did, of it yeah. Recently. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: All right. Um, let's look at some of the games because uh, there were some phenomenal games this year. I mean, the first thing I would say was that we started off appallingly. We, we lost four. We lost four-one to Liverpool in our first match up there. We then lost 2-0 to West Ham up up, up, mm. up at Upton Park. We then won our first match by beating Ipswich Town 1-0. And then we had four draws, drawing against West Ham, Chelsea, Chelsea uh, Southampton, Spurs away, and then Palace at home. We drew all of those matches. Um, But actually, the thing that really, uh, you know, the season for me kind of got going... Uh, in October, and I just I was just struck by how similar these patterns are, aren't they? And then we went on a really good run. We we beat uh, West Brom, Newcastle away, Coventry at home, Sheffield Wednesday away, and then we drew with Everton, who ended up being the champions that year at home. Uh, Ipswich again, we beat them four one away, and then we drew with Forest and beat uh, Man United uh, up at Old Trafford. Uh, and so and then we lost uh, one against Wolves, and 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 we got absolutely hammered by Leeds, but. Other than that, we were unbeaten pretty much from the 18th of October until the 28th of March, which is a phenomenal run even by the standards that we're in now, JK. And I, I thought the parallels with it were really interesting there because, of course, I'd forgotten all of this. No, know, I remember when they
0: started. I think they had four points, didn't they, from about the first eight games? We, like we,
2: were, we were about 13th position. Yeah, yeah. And there, yeah. Were,
0: there were there were lots of people saying, um, "Well, no, no, it, they're not. That they're they're all in the pub too often." and uh, and in fact, you could meet them in the pub at the end of the game. So there was an element of truth in that. Um, but uh, uh, it was, it was um, all the knives were out, except obviously not with Twitter. You only encountered that in uh, um, with <laughs> discussing it, you know. So, uh, um, But yeah, it was uh, they all thought, wherever well, he thought, Sexton would be sacked for a period at the very beginning there because they were doing so dreadfully. But he, it, it's the kind of environment where... Um, Unlike the media pressure, he was just given an opportunity to carry on with it, and he did. He was a very, very good manager, Sexton. as was proven by the fact, of course, that when he got sacked, he just uh, um, nicked a few Chelsea players and then started managing Queen's Park Rangers. And they were, in 76, they were second, and they should have won it. They should have won the league that year. That was really down to him and his, his, his planning.
2: Any, um, any standout matches uh, in the league from that season, J.K., for you um, that you really remember vividly?
0: I'd have been present mostly at the home games. Like I have to say, I. Uh, um,
1: can you go away as well. What?
0: I never went away then. No, no, no. I was at school.
1: Oh,
0: I won't. Pussy. You know. um, excuse me. I was. I, I was at school. I know. I know you me. were
1: like five. yes. Yeah.
0: Excuse me. No, no, no. I wasn't. I wasn't. I, wasn't. I, wasn't. I, was, uh, I was. Actually, but. Um, uh, no, my mum wasn't very keen on me going away, which I thought was fair enough. You know, protection.
1: But in those days, it's not entirely. Uh, anyway, look. So were there standout were there any game. any um,
0: any uh, particularly uh, game, games you remember? With, uh, Leeds United at home. Uh, which
2: one though? Because you see, I've just looked down here, and I I forgot this as well. But again, my excuse, of course, is that I wasn't there, so I'm not going to beat myself up too much about it. But we uh, we obviously lost to Leeds in the league, didn't we? Two nil. Uh, quite early on, and then then what I didn't realise is that this was in September, mm. and then we had to play them again away the same week, four days later in the League Cup, and we drew one one then, and then of course we would have had a replay, and then we beat them two nil at home. So you were you at the two nil at home?
0: Yeah, I've got it bound to have been. Yeah, no, it was the five two that we lost was the big one in January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I remember that because I remember the pain that that created was just absolutely appalling. I mean, really, just, uh, uh, I mean, bloody hell, because um, losing to Leeds, but them scoring five, oh God, and that was the problem with the, for the cup final, there was always that memory that they'd absolutely stuffed us, even though we'd beaten them in the League Cup, so there was a kind of fear going on, that we still, you know, they might score five against us, you yeah, when, when you're little, that's what happens. Yeah,
3: I mean, it's incredible, I, I, I because obviously this, this, um, this Bound of Frydale is such a, a, a wonderful uh, it, it is, and then you look at some of the stats that came out of that. You know that um, the average age of our team that day when we lost five two to Leeds was twenty three point eight. Our oldest player was twenty nine point seven. Our youngest player was eighteen point five. Um, and and I'm looking at this this this, this the fact there were fifty seven thousand two hundred twenty one people in Stamford Bridge, and I bet it was more than that because in them days. People could sneak under turnstiles and stuff, couldn't
0: they? I used to get carried in when I was little. So yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, I mean, it's just incredible uh, to think back you know, to uh, that, that time, which is my introduction to football. So I think it was the following season I went to my first game um, at Stamford Bridge with my cousin, which we, I'm pretty sure was Derby County at home uh, the following season. I think the se- that was the season we won the Cup Winners' Cup, wasn't it? With the two games against Real Madrid in two days or something like that. I mean, this was... You know, the, the, one of the things about this team was it promised it promised glory, um, and uh, and then the West End came along and basically fucked the whole thing up. But um, you know, we were on the threshold of greatness. And I think that Cup Winners' Cup was the last thing for twenty-seven years, wasn't it? Proper trophy, I think. Um, the following year, but this this oh, was. But I, mean, I can't. I, I know. I'm harping on about it, bit, but I, I, you cannot. You, it would be impossible to over romanticise that team and that league and that period of time for football.
2: Tony, can I just read read this out from uh <clears throat> this is uh from the papers uh, after we got dubbed 5-2 by Leeds. Uh that the, the, the headlines are just hilarious. Suicide, Chelsea's boob. Sorry Tom, talking of boobs Alex. Uh sorry Tom. <laughs> uh and this is what they said. Chelsea are out of reach of any title ambitions because somebody blundered. They sent out against Leeds United the finest club soccer machine in the world, a sick man. Tommy Hughes was obviously unfit when he made two plunging dives in the first five minutes and twice and twice completely missed the ball. The blame is the blame is not with Hughes. He may have been over courageous in agreeing to stand in for fellow flu victim Peter Bonetti. When it was clear that Hughes was unsettling, probably the best side Chelsea have ever paraded, he should have been mercifully excused and replaced by the young giant 17-year-old six-footer Alan Dovey. So the thing that's interesting from that is that of course Peter Bonetti was out injured, one of the best goalkeepers in England, because yeah. uh, he had flu. So isn't it weird? We're talking, of, we're in the middle of a flu epidemic for yes. coronavirus, and oh, well, Chelsea yeah. lost. Basically, Chelsea lost to Leeds because they had flu. I think that's what we can safely say. Yeah. But isn't that amazing? Um, any other? I mean, Tony, do you remember any games vividly from, um, from that season? I, I, do
3: you know what the ones I pick out are? That game because it was a, a, again it was another match of the day. Um, When as a kid you could justifiably watch things through your fingers. And also, you often didn't know the score. So, at my age, you know, I think there was one newspaper that you could get the evening results from. And if you'd missed them on the telly, because football didn't have the depth of coverage, so, you know, it would get read out, um, you know, at five o'clock or whenever the results came in. And that'd be all you'd hear about it. I mean, there was no Five Live then, there was no um, dedicated uh, sports radio of any kind. Once it was over, it was over. Um, and so, you know, we were relying, you know, I, I, I was, uh, you know, a, a cousin's wedding, relying on a, a an evening newspaper to come in and, and, and tell me the score that came from Ipswich or something, I seem to remember. Um, so they, all these things were kind of vagaries. And of course, they're on the cusp of my memory now, because obviously, you know, this is, this is 50 years ago. Um, but, um, you know, I will always remember the fact that, you know, that, that Leeds United team, we went into that final very, very much the underdogs. Now, when my dad was telling me that Chelsea were my local uh, team and I was supporting he had mentioned the word underdogs. And I didn't know what that meant. You know, I was, I, like, any eight-year-old, you know, what does that mean? And he said, that's the team. He said, that's because nobody thinks they're going to win. Oh, Anthony, he used to call me. That's because the team, Anthony, Chelsea, no one expects Chelsea to win that game. They are very much not expected to be the cup, the holders of the cup. And for what fucking reason? If, if, if nothing else made you think you're born into Chelsea, you look back and think, yeah, I fancy that odds Because <laughs> he said not typical us. It, it, it was almost every person my age, I know will go to any final, any of the games in this period of success, praying that we don't lose. But not being overly dependent on the fact we won't. It is inbuilt into anybody who supported, started to support Chelsea in the 70s that you just kind of have this fucking, we're going to lose this. We're the underdogs in some way or another. It is that. And that's hung over me ever since. You know, and that's why I've often said to people that day we had to beat Wigan um, and and yeah. beat them by a bigger score. You know, I we won eight nil that day. But I stopped, I only relaxed in the ninety in the eighty eighth minute when we were six nil up. I thought, fuck, maybe we might have won this league. That's and it's a hangover from them days. Yeah, but that Leeds United sport. side were brutal. They were, and you can't underestimate. Football was very different then. Anyway, I mean, you know, they were still playing with laced up footballs back in them days. Um, so you orange, know, it was orange football in the final. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I, think, a- I, I think also uh, that's where my inbuilt uh, – I, I never had the, uh, the hatred of Tottenham that everybody else seems to have now mm-hmm. because, for me, the team that always kicks sand in our face more than anybody else was mm. Arsenal. Oh.
2: Well, yeah. talking of Arsenal, Tony, because that's a game I really do want to pick out, which was in, again, September, funnily enough, the, uh, the th- three days after having played Leeds mm. twice in a week. Uh oh sorry no that wasn't they hadn't played they had actually yeah yeah we yeah, played them definitely. yeah in the league we 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 lost 2-0 up there and then in the league cup we drew 1-1 and then 3 days later we played Arsenal yes. at home but of course this is this is on YouTube I know this for a fact because when he, when I interviewed Tommy Baldwin uh, this is one of the goals that uh, I talked about and I think it was on YouTube today wasn't it JK I
0: haven't seen it Tridge.
2: Well, you 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 tweeted it Did I Yeah Oh, okay. Dementia's kicking in. Um but it's it, it it's, it's I rem- I know I know I know we saw it on Twitter earlier on but uh, you know basically Birchnell scored two goals, Balbon scored uh, uh, the, the third one in, in 85 minutes and we beat Arsenal 3-0 Tony. Do you remember yeah. that? Uh
3: yeah, very vaguely. Um and I think I, I to, I've got to tell this story, it's because one of my friends at school I used to play football with, um, and we could all see he was going to be a goalkeeper, you know, who he, he would eventually become our, our school team goalkeeper, it was a guy called Graham Moody, and he was an Arsenal fan. And he'd spent all of his time telling me how great Arsenal was. Where I lived in London, that part of London, the hazy Middlesex as it was, when Middlesex was an actual county before it became under Hillingdon, yeah, Lusborough Hillingdon, um, you were still part of greater london although we had no realization of that at the time but it now look like you know it was a couple of years later that it dawned on me why so many of my friends dads for example supported qpr because actually they were the closest team to where i lived or brentford yeah those were the two teams arsenal was Spurs. that was complete anomalies but that was because people had moved from those areas this is where football was not only it was it was it certainly wasn't global. So you, you tended to support the team that was in the closest to your area back then. It wasn't in the same way as it is now. And uh, and and so at the time, I, I you know I had this massive 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 dislike of Arsenal, and also because Graham Moody was a far better goalkeeper than me, as he would be, because he was about a foot taller than me. As well. So, said, it it's all these little things that, that that you kind of that that build on your character through life, you know. Um, but you know that that my overriding memory of those league games, right, was why the players I could never understand why the players didn't celebrate the 90th minute with a win by cheering and being walked around the pitch and chairlifted and all this. I just didn't get it. Why? We why did that we only happen in la-
0: the? We didn't do that at school. We just went oh, well played.
3: No, well, no, it was very different. They're yeah, very different, you know. What did you do, Alex, when you
0: scored a goal at school? <laughs>
3: um,
1: I used to get really self-conscious and just stand and do the little fist bump thing. Did you? No, I used to clench my oh. fists and just do the, yeah, yeah. I, I never, I was not an extrovert at goal celebrations. So oh. I used to just, like, just stand and do the, yeah, thing. That was about it's it. It's a bit of
3: an Alan Shearer, sort of, like, do. just run around with your hand. I scored, like, you know. You know, you know. No. Not no. even
1: that, no. Yeah, I was like, you know when you see defenders score and they go, fuck, what do I do? That was like me. <laughs> oh, I just woke Bertie up. Sorry, I didn't mean to shout that loudly Bertie. Well,
2: birdie. you can go and shush him to sleep because we're going to go to a break. And then after the break, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Chelsea's FA Cup run, which of course concluded with us beating Dirty Leeds in the final up at Old Trafford. But before that, uh, just a quick plug for our Patreon uh, channel. If you want to become a Chelsea fancast patron, help us cover the costs uh, of running uh, loads and loads of shows. I mean, you know, it's the 500th next week, so we have been doing it for a while. Uh, You can easily uh, just donate whatever you want, really. There's no pressure. You don't have to do it at all. We're not begging. You know, it's up to you. Uh, But if you do want to, it's very easy to do. Just go to www.patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And a massive thank you to everybody who does. It's so hugely appreciated. Uh, And it's also a good way to keep in touch with us because you can send me messages and I actually do see them. And occasionally I respond to them uh, and occasionally we put little bits of exclusive stuff up just for you. So there you go. Now, uh, after the break, uh, we're going to be talking about Chelsea's uh, 1970 or 6970 FA. Well, actually, no, it was 1970 because the first match was was on on the 3rd of January. So we'll be talking about that. fans real opinions I'm
3: Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast up the Chels
2: footballfancast.com right welcome back this is the Chelsea Fancast and we're in the middle uh, of and I say we that'll be Jonathan Kidd Mm -hmm. uh, Tony Glover Uh -uh. and uh, Alex Churchill and bertie, bertie. Uh, we we are we are in the middle of talking about uh chelsea's 1969-1970 season. We've just uh, done the uh the uh league program to death. And by the way, what I should should have mentioned really to close that out uh was that chelsea actually finished uh in third position in the league that year. Uh we got 55 points. We were behind dirty Leeds, who had 57 and everton were the champions with 66 points. So we had a damn good run, but it was that as I said it was, you know, post kind of October November that we started getting on a run and we did very very well. But uh, of course everybody remembers this season because of course this was the season that Chelsea won the FA Cup and their campaign started at home uh, against Birmingham City with a nice juicy 3-0 win. Uh, who scored the goals? Osgood scored on 42 and uh, Ian Hutchinson scored on 78 and 89 minutes. Jonathan, I would imagine you might have been there.
0: Um, I think I was Do you
2: remember much about it?
0: No, no, no I remember Birmingham playing blue and white uh, And I think that season they wore Because uh, I, th- I think Barry Bridges was playing for them Because he'd played the year before uh, And we lost uh, Or was that? 68 I can't remember And I'd been there with my dad behind the goal And Pickering scored with the header I think it was 69 And it was utterly depressing Because Chelsea were all over them And should have beaten them easily But um, but yeah, they weren't a bad side, Birmingham. Yes, so I think Bridges was playing for them. They hadn't gone to Queens. Park. He, wasn't. he wasn't. He wasn't. He was at Prince Park. Nope. Oh no, that's right. He's in the. Who was? He must have gone to Rangers by then. But um, uh, yeah, I, I, no, I've got no recollection whatsoever. Uh, I Tony. I was. Yeah, sorry.
3: Uh, no, that was just before um, I, I, I kind of got into it. I suppose at that, at that point, my, my first one I would have remembered. Um, and purely again because of it would have been either uh, it, it might have been the big match it might not be matched today you remember the big match that was yeah, ITV's <laughs> <equivalent>. <laughs>
0: <That's the one. laughs> yeah.
3: and that would have uh, been because Burnley um it always confused me that they had the same colored shirts as um as Aston Villa and West Ham
2: do you know what do you know what's really funny about this I'm reading the press cuttings now and uh that just shows the variance of, uh, of of journalistic coverage even those days. Uh, I don't. It doesn't say what papers they were, but this is by Patrick Collins. He says, the ease with which Chelsea dismissed Birmingham's cautious cup challenge <laughs> emphasised their position as London's most authentic Wembley prospects. John Jenkins says, Chelsea, second favourites for the cup, were so far ahead in technique and ideas that only Birmingham's unlimited courage and appetite for work made this tie any sort of contest. Wow. Uh, um, George Cranfield says, no, I'll go to this one. Morris Smith says, uh, the headline is two goal Hutch makes it look respectable, uh, and Morris says, don't count this as a thumping Chelsea win. London's 1970 trendsetters should have had an armchair ride, but they were hitchhiking home until young Ian Hutchinson came up with a couple of goals. Uh, so basically, and Chelsea win through after let offs. Says somebody else. So basically, there's a kind of a bit of a mixed review of it. But the bottom line is we, we put them to bed. through yeah. Was
0: Pickering playing for them? Does it say?
2: No. He wasn't? Oh, well. Nope. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com Chich jk in all the years you've been following chelsea you hardly ever miss a match home or away but how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on tv oh Chich, i'd be bereft inconsolable the thought of missing my beloved blue
0: boys life <laughs>
2: I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Gidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Uh, Anyway, uh, Burnley. We then had Burnley in the next round and uh, we had them at home. Do you remember this, Jonathan?
3: I was there, but I don't remember it.
2: Tony knows before Uh, your time really because you yeah
3: it was but it was um, and I'm pretty sure my my memory of it is probably from the big match um, uh, for whatever reason and the reason is they had a player who called Ralph Coates he's probably the most famous Burnley player uh, of all time who had a bigger comb over than Bobby Charlton
2: yeah he did did did. I remember that and also
3: back then Burnley weren't uh, There's a bit, you know, uh, there's there's still this degree of them being, you know, today, despite being, you know, reasonably successful sort of mid-table side or whatever for a couple of years in in the Premiership. But back then, they they weren't a cannon fodder team. I think they were one of the league's founders, so they had a, a, you know, they were considered a, a kind of rich history uh, of a team you know um uh, a sort of sleeping giant even though you know the with the ground with about five thousand people or whatever and a, and, a, and a town of about six thousand or whatever so they were a bit mysterious uh, if i'm honest with you back then you but they, they played adamson played yeah for them. They, they played in claret and blue and that was massively confusing for a young boy of eight um you know um, uh, that they, 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 you know, again how could I have had any concept of where um, where Burnley was and I know from the fact that the first game at Stamford Bridge and I do remember this guy because he was a legend a legend in the refereeing world was Jack Taylor
2: It was indeed Tony, bloody hell yeah, it yep. was indeed um, I mean it was a bizarre match because we were again streets ahead, we uh, we were 2 up with Hollins and Osgood 67 and 69 minutes and then we kind of let it slip. And Dobson scored a brace uh, on 80 and 88 uh, minutes. And uh, the the uh, the papers were somewhat somewhat scathing about it. Um, <laughs> Chelsea forget about Dobson, says Peter Barnard. It couldn't happen to Leeds. That was my first thought as Chelsea threw away a two-goal lead to make nonsense of their reputation as the South's only totally professional side. Uh, Dynamo <laughs> Dobson raps double blow by Peter Windsor. Two last scores. Flashes of brilliant opportunism from defender Martin Dobson Caught Chelsea flat-footed yes. uh, And uh, Chelsea stunned by Dobson goal burst Chelsea looked anything but FA Cup second favourites As so they stumbled to a two-goal lead And then tossed it away And so it goes on So mm. there we go they, We ended up having to go up to turf more for the replay But the replay was a, a, a much easier affair We won uh, 3-1 up there uh, Your mate Ralph Coates scored on 35 minutes, uh, Tony To put Burnley 1-0 up and then uh, Peter Houseman scored on seventy two minutes uh, and actually I'm talking what am I talking about this went to extra time it did yeah. it went to extra time because baldwin uh scored on ninety two minutes and Houseman scored on one hundred and sixteen minutes, so it sounds yeah. like we we scraped through this one do did you remember this at all j k
0: yeah yeah i I remember listening to it on the radio, and I remember yeah that exactly that yeah Baldwin scored in the last minute, and we we thought we were out of it. And there was lots of whooping in the uh, um, in the Jonathan Kidd bedroom at the time. Um, and then Hausman uh, got two in the in extra time. And uh, if you look at the number of goals he scored in the FA Cup, he was really the other than Osgood, obviously, he scored in every round, thus making uh, history. Um, but Hausman uh, scored six, didn't he? I think in the cup in the cup run. So uh, the uh, the people who had the knives out for him were being very unfair because this was. Uh, this was he contributed hugely to the cup run but yeah yeah there was that terrible thing of of hanging on when you when your team you know we all know what it's like you need one goal to win and you actually get it in the last minute the relief knowing that you're going to go into extra time with the possibility mm. of uh, of winning the game oh dear yeah and no, i remember it very well
2: you're right about yeah. houseman jk he scored uh, six goals in the fa cup which is no mean feat at all by anybody's standards Great headlines again. Extra time drama. Chelsea, Houseman grabs two. Houseman double cheers Chelsea. Peter Houseman spent sent Chelsea soaring into the fifth round of the FA Cup last night with two priceless goals. Uh, Chelsea survived an hour of torment by Ralph Coates to snatch victory in this fourth round FA Cup replay last night. So basically, oft forgotten, but we kind of got a bit lucky and we scraped through and you know what they say about luck in, in the FA Cup. Indeed. Maybe, maybe our name was written on the trophy or maybe it was too early to say that anyway we had palace in the next round that that was a pushover by all accounts 4 one to chelsea uh osgood dempsey houseman and hutchinson all scored um looking at the palace side uh no 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 bobby tambling yet uh taylor was playing that's interesting no no don rogers who i interviewed once he played for palace um. So there we go. Any Any of you two remember much about that match? Match? No, I not I, at all. There, I
0: don't remember. I don't remember. I was definitely at the Rangers game coming up, uh, and I didn't make the. Uh, sorry, you carry on. Where I'm getting ahead of myself. Um. Uh, yeah, the I remember Palace being very easy. I remember that it was. Uh, we were all over them.
2: Well, they they were not happy bunnies. Apparently, uh, fouls fouls claims angry head, uh, Palace boss Bert Head, or also known known to his friends as Dick. Uh, protested after his side's cup exit. I thought the first and third Chelsea goals were the most blatant fouls I've seen. The players were also annoyed about the fourth goal. So no lemons for Burt there at all. None whatsoever. Isn't it funny that Palace, the perennial whingers, were even whinging 50 years ago? I'm, it's we, 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 This is what we want to see, really, but there you go. Um, anyway, so we're now into the, uh, the next round, uh, the fifth round, and this was Queen's Park Rangers away, uh, uh, easy for me to say, Queen's Park Rangers away, Jonathan, Actually, no. This is the quarterfinal. What we're talking about? Um, now you do remember this one, and I would imagine you remember this with good reason, J.K. Um, I was
0: there, but um, I don't remember it uh, to the degree that you think I do. I need to have my my memory nudged. I do remember that. Um, uh, I do remember that. Uh, um, with uh, uh, when you when you nudge my memory, like saying that Dobson scored the two goals at the bridge, I, I remember that. Now you've mentioned it. Because uh, he was a very good player, um, and I remember once again the pain. I, this is the trouble with going back into these into time like this: the pain of being two 0 up and then having two goals scored against you in the last few minutes. Oh, good, it,
2: Jonathan. If I tell you right that the uh, the result was four two to Chelsea, and Chelsea players scored all the goals, it's kind of a sneaky thing because that's obviously not true. But basically all goals were scored by players who who were either playing for or had played for Chelsea. Uh a Venables scored one and Bridges scored one. Very good. Yes. Very Where good. Did that was that actually I'm from. Where? Well that was there we go. Well that was quite a handy QPR side. Uh Clement Gillard, I remember these growing up. Uh, Barry Bridges and Venables, obviously. Rodney Marsh was playing for them as well. So they were quite a decent side. And Les Allen was their manager. Goodness gracious me. And, of course, I know Martin Allen, who I think is his uh, nephew. nephew. Yeah. Um, Anyway, the the most notable thing about this match, Tony, was that uh, Peter Osgood scored a hat-trick. Eight minutes, 43 minutes, 58 minutes, Tony. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean,
3: there, there's nothing you can, you can you, nothing you can say about Peter Osgood. He, you know, um, loomed large as they all did in in my life. But alongside uh, Bonetti and you know Hutchinson, Peter Osgood was was the man, wasn't he? He was, the, you know, the, the, the confusion on a young boy's face that he wasn't our number one striker for England. Come Mexico, 1970. Um, was having a, a having a season that he'd had, I think he was in the squad. I can't remember for, rightly because I, I definitely remember having one of those Esso petrol coins with Peter Osgood on it. I'm sure he was in that squad, but uh, Alf Ramsey, as we all know, didn't really uh, he didn't seem to take any liking to Chelsea players full stop really. But uh, he seemed to have even less regard for a man um, who was massively informed. form. And um, you know, uh, I, you know, I've got my I've got my my FA Cup final story of Peter Osgood and, and, and the impact he made for me in that, but um, you know, this was also against arguably, arguably our, our biggest rivals in, in Queens Park Rangers. They were for me, obviously. You know, I was, I was, I was almost like a, I was in the Vipers' nest of QBR fans where I lived. Um, you know, so uh, you know, Peter Osgood, this, this, this team were, were, were looming large in the back, in the back of my mind. The decision. About being there, a supporter of them wasn't quite there, but there was this inkling that there was there was there was something about them, Chidge. I, I can't put my finger on it. There was just something about that team. It, it was the kit. It was everything to do with, with 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 them. But Peter Osgood, you know, eight forty-three and fifty-eight. Wow, what a player!
2: Well, I will tell you what. The other thing is, is and and I don't know this because I wasn't around, but this is what I've picked up over the years from people who were. And also, actually, by speaking to a lot of the players he played at that time, because I've been very lucky to interview quite a lot of this 1970 Cup-winning side over the last year, mm. um, but they could play football. That was a very attack-minded side. Yes. David Sexton had uh, had clearly designed a strategy of play to really make the most of the talents he had, and we were fast, and we we very passed squid, quickly, very squid, yeah, indeed, very incisive, weren't we? And and this is borne out by the uh, the match report by Tony Porson, who says Wrecker Osgood is the uh, the title, which is a bit of a misnomer, considering what he then writes. He says this was billed as a ball players' convention, and Chelsea ensured that skill predominated, in spite of the pressures of fiery tempers and the harsh tackling. Once more, it was Osgood who settled the issue, striking with speed and certainty whenever the ball came uh, came to him n- near goal. The opening, blah, 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 blah. blah. Uh, appropriately, it was Cook, the most delicate player on the field, who set up these chances. Uh, now, Charlie, I, I know quite a lot of people who are your kind of uh, age, JK, who nearly always cite Charlie Cook as their all-time favourite Chelsea player. I I, you know, I was, I kind of saw him play in the 70s on the telly and things, but I never really saw him at his prime, which would have been around now. Just how good was Charlie Cook, JK?
0: Um, well, I used to impersonate him all the time whenever I played football, which was uh, all you did was you, um, your opponent came towards you and you had the ball, and you just um, did uh, sort of backwards and forwards jinx and then flicked the ball around and he just ran after it, and that was the way he tended to beat people. Now, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it. He was... Uh, he was a wonderful hero. It was the speed. He was, he had the kind of same thing that Hullet had that ability to just sprint past you and move. And you didn't realize that, you know, he'd got the ball and he was past you. It wasn't, it it wasn't that kind of thing of, of, um, of of taking you on that Nevin used to do and then flicking the ball past and then, and then kind of uh, turning the ball around in a circle. It was just, it was slinky speed and, uh, um, and little nudges of the shoulder and, uh, um, you know, he'd faint left and put the ball right and run after it past you. Um, but yeah, and a wonderfully accurate crosser as well. Just, uh, um, and they were, it, you know, it was an unbelievably slick side. It really was. With with um, with what the current team is missing, a kind of a power, uh, an aggression from both Webb and Harris um, uh, at the back, and and a, and a class from Dempsey because Dempsey was a very good reader of the game and a very good header of the ball. Um, but uh, no, it, it, was, it was a terrific side. Therefore, that's what was so annoying when, when it didn't quite all work. I know I, I, he got, um, uh, I, I remember he, he, he was, what, what seemed to get in the way of Osgood, I think playing for England was his, his tendency to get booked. He, was, he, was, he had aggression as well, Osgood. He could be, he could be quite filthy. And uh, I think fair enough, because everybody around him was filthy, but you got the impression that everybody was looking to find fault with Chelsea because of the mm. reputation as um, as uh, as uh, Kings Road playboys, playboys, absolutely. There was yes. a kind of of northern um, jealousy of of what was going on in the south, yes, in definitely Chelsea. So you were, you know, I remember being, oh, you're a Chelsea fan, are you? Yeah, they were all yeah. wanky. You know, it was that. Yeah, yeah.
3: Approach to it, that uh, yeah, yeah.
2: A bit like it is now, really. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, how yeah. yeah. And, and I don't think I, it's ever left, left us, actually.
3: No, and I think the I think that the seeds of of this kind of um, you know flash Harry thing that that seems to follow Chelsea around was sown back then. And you know the the players were they you know, they they played hard and they they drank hard. You know they were of a different ill. Well, not just not just Chelsea players, all of them, except for Leeds United, who were incredibly regimented. And, and I think. Um, was it the year after that final that Leeds played Sunderland in the cup final?
2: No, um, no, a couple of years, three later, years later. Three and years and later. nothing
3: ever, ever, ever summed up the Leeds United of that time than the fact that when they were interviewed on the breakfast, you know, the day of the cup final against Sunderland, there they are in their blazers and their tyres and their, everything like that. They go over to the Sunderland ones and they're just wearing their football tops, lazing around, having a can of beer. And, <laughs> the, 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 and, and that summed up the difference. It, it really was... You know, um, a, a, a kind of naughty boy thing that Chelsea had going back in 1970. You know, the, the kind of the back, the, 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 there was a reason the women fell for the Chelsea players because they were bad boys, they were they were they had that reputation and, and why not swagger. Like, swagger
1: swagger swagger mate swagger, yeah
2: absolutely let's let's the, talk the about the flash let's... harry
1: thing goes way way back before that though i mean there's pre-world war one articles talking about the extravagant breakfast had by chelsea players really? and the fact that they had the wow. audacity to kiss each other when they scored goals and things like that so yeah that was that's been attached to us since the very beginning
2: there you go musical greats we were um right Watford Chelsea semi-final played on the 14th of March 1970 kickoff at weirdly at uh, 245 and it was at White Hart Lane uh and uh if you're going to win a semi-final and I have to say I've been privileged to be at a semi-final where Chelsea have won 5-1 uh even more hilarious the, the, because it was against Spurs but uh Chelsea did exactly the same to Watford, absolutely murdering them five-one um, in a in an s- astonishingly good second-half performance. It has to be said, uh, because uh, we we opened the scoring on three minutes with David Webb, and then uh, Watford equalised on twelve minutes, and then it was all Chelsea in the second half. Yeah. Oscar on fifty-eight, Houseman seventy-three, Hutchinson seventy-five, Houseman uh, seventy-nine. So, uh, were you at this, Jonathan? No, I wasn't because
0: my dad didn't get a ticket. Because he was um, filming. So I didn't
2: attend it. Uh, Were you you fed up with your dad because of that? uh,
0: Slightly.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: uh, And I just paced around for the whole of the afternoon. (laughs) Wanted to know what the result was. Um, uh, But not wanting to listen to it on the radio. I think I wanted to try. I do like trying to see, even if there's only 10 minutes of it on the box, I like then to just not know what the score is. Just so it gives me kind of excitement you know i'm a bit weird like that um i still do that at the moment if i if i haven't watched the game in the afternoon if it's away i won't uh, ever listen to the radio and i will wait until i can watch it at um on sky even if it's only the half hour uh, at, at the end of the day so uh, i like i like trying to feel that i'm watching a bit of it and not knowing the result so
2: do you know what the press had to say? This is brilliant. I'm I'm loving these uh, press cuttings. I suspect everybody's listing is bored, stupid, but I don't care because ah, nah, I like nah, it. Nah, nah. Right. The uh, I don't know what paper this was. It's Desmond Hackett, uh, but it good says lots, lots of lots of big kind of bold headlines. Here comes a goal that knocked the knockers, uh, and now I love all the boob references in these yeah, headlines yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now for Wembley, Chelsea can thank Houseman Now this is really interesting, considering what you've all been saying about good old Mary. Uh, When the jubilant fans of Chelsea have fully recovered from their celebrations and consequent hangovers, let them be honest and confess, we were wrong. Not about their proud boast that they would severely chastise Watford, but about their failure readily to recognise Peter Hausman as one of the greatest players ever to wear the royal blue of Chelsea. Last season, Hausman was almost brutally criticised uh, by the crowds. Nor was he the most popular boy in the pitch early in the season. Suddenly, brilliantly, he struck up an understanding with Alan Hudson, who gets my vote for the best young player in Britain. Houseman, almost a giveaway transfer player in 1966, is the reason why Chelsea go into their third FA Cup final. So there you go. Well, he, Much he, the line-
3: he had a phenomenal... Sc- I mean, he's got he got six or seven goals that campaign. Six. Houseman. Six. six, was it? Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, for a player that was... would probably be described by uh, Didier Deschamps as a water carrier in the sense of, of his contribution. You know, he was one of these un- unsung heroes. If you looked at the conversation uh, that you know I've been involved in in Mixler, I mean, it was an absolute, absolute mm-hmm. tragedy what happened to that man in the end. Um, you know, a, 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 and a death, you know, absolutely coated in scandal um, that, that was... You know, with the massive injustice on it, you know, and his contribution at Chelsea, you know, is 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 legend. It's there, isn't it? I mean, without him, um, that campaign, um, who knows? Um, and without his contribution, and I know. We're about to come on to the final, you know, but that that goal, as scrappy as it was. He he bought the ticket at the lottery with that shot against break. So we'll, we'll move on to that in a minute. But you know, just want to, I just want a little good. bit of credit there for Peter house I mean, because you know he's um, you know a, 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 a massively um, in, you know uh, influential player for Chelsea and an absolutely tragic tragic ending.
0: And yet they sold him when he was twenty six, which yeah. I didn't
3: understand. I didn't get yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Once again, Sexton didn't feel that he was because they bought Weller, of course subsequently Keith Weller.
3: Mm-hmm. Who was a brilliant,
0: brilliant player, and he uh, he was much pacier than uh, than Hausman ever was. But we'll get on to that. And this is yeah. poor old Alan Hudson had played in every game up until the final, and uh, and then got
2: injured. Well, you're Jonathan, you are a legend because you're reading my mind. Because yeah, we played that game, and uh, we had a few more league games after that. Uh, we uh, we we then went on to beat uh, we beat Stoke City one 0 at home. Uh, we beat United, Man United, 2-1 at home. Uh, we then beat Sheffield Wednesday, 3-1 at home. We then got absolutely mullered by Everton, who were in the process of becoming champions, 5-2. Uh, and then we played West Brom away. And, of course, West Brom were a decent side in those days. <clears throat> and, I mean, they had Jeff Astle up front. They had Asa Hartford, Tony Brown. Uh, they had Len Cantello. They had some good players. Anyway, we lost 3-1 to West Brom. And that, I'm afraid, chaps, is the match where Alan Hudson uh, twisted his ankle. Uh, when The match report's actually pretty good. Just read this out, actually, because this is quite good. When Tony Brown hit the first vital goal of the match with a full-blooded volley from 20 yards after half an hour, Chelsea's young inside man, Alan Hudson, was lying injured on the touchline. He hobbled from the field and was replaced seven minutes later by Bobby Tambling. Hudson has a twisted ankle, while Tambling pulled a hamstring. And scorer Hutchinson was suffering from bruised kidneys. Now, of course, Hudson didn't play again that season and and cruelly, cruelly missed out on an FA Cup final win. But so did Bobby Tambling. Now, it was interesting to hear what you're saying about Bobby because you're right, JK, he was kind of on his way out. And when I interviewed him for the Chelsea special, he was still... I mean, he was gutted about missing 1970, but he knew he was, you know, unlikely to make the starting 11. He's still more gutted about losing to Spurs in the 67 final. But actually, that was Bobby Tamling's last game for Chelsea. So there you go. So it was Alan Hudson's last game of the season and Bobby Tambling's last game for Chelsea, JK. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That, that makes great sense. But he wasn't the player that he had been. I remember him being uh, just looking off the pace. I think he was injured. Uh, he'd, I think he'd had an injury at some stage in the season as
2: well and never seemed to recover from it.
0: Was that right? Do you remember that in the, uh, in the conversation you had with him?
2: Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he did say that it was. It was a bit. He, his career at Chelsea kind of fizzled out, you know. And I mean, as as you know from what we were, you know, talking about earlier, I don't think. He, I don't think he scored a goal that season, did he? Uh, no, no. And and no, Bob Tambling, no, no goals. Yeah, and and only six appearances, I think. So really, hardly played. So you know, he got a bit of a. a I mean, he played five. He got five starts and two uh, subs appearances. Then, of course, the. Uh, the one against West Brom was his last, and he came on for Alan Hudson. So a bit of a sad end for Bobby Tambling and a very tragic end for uh, Alan Hudson because only 11 days later, we played the final uh, on the Saturday, the 11th of April at Wembley, of course, the very famous match. Um, now, you were at this this one, weren't you, Jonathan? Oh, yes. Would you like to tell us all about it? Well, uh, we played in yellow socks and uh, yellow
0: piping because, which allowed uh, Leeds to play um, in their uh, all-white outfit. And uh, um, the pitch, as I said, had been uh, um, a few months before, um, I think, in fact, six months before, had uh, had been used for the Horse of the Year show. It may have been longer. I think there are conflicting stories about this, but it it was just a pudding, and the ball didn't bounce, um, which uh, affected um the game immensely the very first leeds goal um everybody jumped up to defend and i remember it went through McCready's legs because it just went along the ground and uh i was sitting on the halfway up the halfway line with my dad um and um it was the usual very competitive um setup and I, when i watch it back on telly i realize it's unbelievably more competitive than i ever remember, remember With People sliding in and the referee standing most of the time in the centre circle in his long shorts, just not really keeping up with the game, but it didn't really seem to matter. And would always just go up and tell somebody off after they'd scythe somebody to the ground. And it was unbelievably competitive. And we scored our goal with a kind of pot shot that Hausman took that that similarly went on the ground and Sprake palmed into the corner. And everybody was very rude about Sprake, but to be fair to him, you know, the ball hadn't bounced at all. And then we're, with the game heading... Um, uh, if I remember rightly, towards, uh, it, it looked as if it might be extra time or something. Um, the, um, uh, uh, well, I can't remember actually what happened. Did they score and we, oh, Jesus, was it, was that when the extra time they scored, didn't they, an extra time? Because it was 1-1.
2: Um, no, it was all, all full time. We didn't get to
0: extra time, did it? There wasn't extra. Time.
2: No, it did. It did. It did. It, it, was, did. Two it was two we, all. We, that's basically right,
0: that's right. That's right. They scored. That's right. I remember no, Yeah, they scored. Ba-
2: um, well, I'll tell you if you if hang on a minute. Charlton put Charlton put them uh, one nil up on twenty one minutes. Yeah. If you remember, that was the error. Yeah. Uh, then we equalized on forty one with Peter Houseman again. And then Mick Jones scored on 83 minutes. And then, of course, that wonderful uh, cross, uh, very instinctive uh, ball by John, uh, Johnny Hollins. And, and Hutch scores to make it 2 all on 86 minutes. And then they played extra time, but they didn't score any more goals. The woman in front of
0: me shouted out, um, come on, Chelsea, you never win anything. Come on, you're, you're letting us all down. And Hutchinson, <laughs> scored, it. Hutchinson scored immediately. Uh, I remember that. I remember. Yeah.
2: Oh, but- Tony, what what are your memories of the of the Wembley oh, uh, the, part one?
3: Part one. Well, you've got the pitch. You've got the fact that um, you know I, I will always be struck by the contrast of the all white versus the all blue of uh, of the two teams, Um the, the they had iconic players, Mick Jones. Um, was a, an absolute warrior. I think he played... Later,
2: the, the lead guitarist for the Clash, of Clash. Yes, of
3: course, yeah. And I think he actually played... and We were going to get to the, to the replay, but he, I seem to remember he played that with a dislocated shoulder or something um, uh, for a lot of the game. But he... Uh, you know, though, though that team... I mean, you had the pitch, which I always thought was the horse of the issue, but it would be unplayable today. Um, so credit to those players for playing on something that's worse than probably any pitch you or I have ever played on. Uh, you know, even even over the park, it was that bad. Um, but you know, uh, I went into it naively, um, uh, without the fear that you get over many years of supporting your team and the disappointment. It, it, I was a bit like one of these. Um, uh, and bear with me here. You know, like if you go, if you were to go to an island. Uh, and there was a a a species of mammal living on that that had never seen you before. They wouldn't be scared of you because they'd never they would know they wouldn't know that you were there to hunt them or anything would they um you know so so and it was like that I didn't know the fear of football. I didn't know the fear that it could instil. I just knew the excitement of it being the cup the cup to an eight year old boy in nineteen seventy. Um, you know uh, a few months away from his ninth birthday and the excitement of a world coming up, a World Cup coming up um, the, the, that, that whole thing was exc- it was sheer excitement and the cup was bigger than the league to, to, to a, a young lad at that time. The, the league was well, what? Who cares about for that? For everybody
0: at the time, it's supposed yes, to be the
3: poss- very yeah. possibly JK. I'm, I'm in the world, but yeah, really I, I can only get because it was so, it was the biggest watched game. It was the only game, as I recall, other than England games, that was shown live on television. I don't think any of them, maybe the League Cup was, but certainly. Oh, no, no,
0: that wasn't. No, that yeah.
3: wasn't. But no, no, League games were shown live back in them days. You got the big match and you got match of the day. That was it. Yeah, yeah. there was no live. League. The FA Cup was, yeah, with all yeah. the. Yeah, yeah. And, and I and I just remember, you know, I mean, um, you know, the, the big the big story for me was in the in the in the replay. But that game, um, I've got it, I've got it on DVD. Um, uh, it, it is it's a jo- it's it's spectacular to watch because you're looking at it and it's almost looking through the prism of of these old eyes, A different game to what we do now. Back passes were allowed. You only had one substitute, and uh and the brutality you know i mean I, I'm, I'm pretty sure i don't know whether they just had the yellow and red card system or whether you just got booked yeah, and you,
0: you, you got booked, booked. right you okay got finger wagged at you and when you got yes. injured, came on with the sponge and the bucket
3: that's right yes yeah and and so it was very different and again i'm I, you know i don't care if people are making uh accusing me of over romanticizing it but um it was that kind of uh, and we saw it then as very modern football when you compared it to what you'd seen of the pictures of the fifties and the uh, and, and the black and white footage of games then. This was, you know, it, it was on, the, on my TV. It wasn't in colour, but for you know it, there was a growing number of people with colour TVs at that time, mainly through renting it or whatever, because it was still a, a fairly novel thing. So there was so much, but it was this thing, chid, the whole day. It was that special. It was that special. The whole day, television, BBC One, turned over to the FA Cup. Um, yeah, and, you know, <clears throat> from
2: nine o'clock in the morning, Tony. Yes, it was, it was all, all on. You had Are stupid we, things like quiz programs, everything else. Can I? Can I just? Can yeah. I just? Sorry, go on, Jonathan. Sorry, go on, mate. Go on. I was.
0: I was my dad was um, uh, was a celebrity involved in that, and so was in the build up, and was interviewed, and I was and I was with him. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and we were in the, uh, I think it was on, the, on ITV as well. I think they were always competing with each other at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah and, I uh, think... and, and he was on that side of it. And I remember pa- Paddy Creran was there. And Paddy Creran uh, got annoyed with me tapping my wine glass. Uh, <laughs> I had orange juice in it. And snapped yeah. it out of my hand and put Dear it on idea. the side. I remember that. There's one me?
3: other thing to say about it as well. I, as I recall, I don't know the exact stat, but it was the first FA Cup final that had been drawn since about 19... Bloody twelve or something. There had been no cup final that had been drawn and replayed. Mm. So that the the game against United uh, the, at United at Old Trafford would that replay, it was the first time it happened in fifty or sixty years. It was it was something along them lines. I, I I don't know, but I just remember it was it was special because of that alone. um Let alone the fact that um, it wasn't replayed at Wembley. It was replayed at Old Trafford.
2: That's right. Well, we're going to get to yes. Old Crawford in a minute. But before, and I just, I just want to say one thing, Jonathan, Paddy Crowan's always been a bastard. <laughs> I, 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 I had to work with him uh, once. I, no, seriously, really? I had to work with yeah. him once in 2006 or something, 2005. And he tried to, we had agreed a fee of 500 quid or something. And he tried to stiff us for 1000 quid and ref, refused to take part. Until we paid him. He tried, basically tried to, you know, uh, there's a word for that. I think it's called extortion. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and he tried to get Peter Reed on his side. And Peter Reed stuck up for us. And I've always loved Peter Reed for that. Oh, Do you know what Peter Reed said? He said, he said, hey, hey, Paddy, Paddy, I don't, I don't, I don't know what, what you're talking about because, uh, you know, if, if I wasn't here, I'd be on the social. You know so yeah i love- I love Peter Reed Peter Reed is a gentleman, but Paddy Crone is a mank bastard, and always has been well, um anyway, um moving swiftly along, I'm just going to quickly read you out the newspaper coverage uh, of of the uh, the first part of the uh, you know the f a Cup final of 1970. Benetti man of courage uh, but it says des this Desmond Hackett again he gets about it, doesn't he just say was dreadful, wasn't he dreadful just just say lucky old Chelsea." And that could well be the story of one of the most fiercely and bravely contested FA Cup finals in the whole 99 years of the competition. Say Leeds United were so incomparably better that Chelsea should have done the decent thing and conceded the match. But if you say that, you cruelly ignore the courage of Chelsea. Teams of lesser spirit could have broken down and not been condemned for surrender. For much of this storming action, Chelsea had only scant idea of what was taking place. For much of the time, they were a team called Peter Bonetti. He was an athletic James Bond. He was in every possible trouble, exposed by the frailty of his own colleagues, endlessly harassed by the hard-shooting, brilliantly regimented men from Leeds. Bonetti's language was as fast and fierce as his reactions. I cannot recall any team in which one man showed so much courage, so much skill. What about that? And uh, quite right too with Peter Bonetti. And uh, he was equally courageous in the final, of course, Old Trafford, which was played a couple of weeks later, uh, would you believe, on my mum's birthday. Uh, bless her heart. Um, and it was on a Wednesday. Uh, it kicked off at half seven. So it was an evening kickoff. First time it had been replayed, as Tony was saying, since God knows when. Mm. Um, and of course, we all remember this match hugely. I mean, even Alex will remember this match for the violence and the thuggery meted out uh but, I think this is the key thing isn 't it because actually that it alludes to it in that previous match and the and that paper cutting that basically Chelsea would not back down. To a very dirty violent uh, you know um,
0: all the time leads yeah have
2: you, exactly. heard,
1: have you heard the leads perspective this is brilliant so i have a friend clive who's dirty leads to the core and he's still bitching about how mean one of our players was to charlton in that game i was Ideal. like are you, shitting me? Did uh, you yeah it was that's David it yeah Webb, did yeah. you see <laughs> anything else of that game or are you just insane uh. yeah Bitchy.
3: Well, if it
2: wasn't for that, blah 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 blah. I am like, right, okay, all right then, Clive. Yeah. Right um, <laughs> now, um, Andy Willis has just said something very, very good uh, on on Mixler here. He says, "Still the only team to come back from being behind three times in an FA yeah. Cup final." Yeah. There you go. Now, uh, Jonathan, uh, I am going to ask you first because I know you were there, and of course, Tony was watching it on TV. So, Jonathan, your memories of that match,
0: of which one of the replay? Yeah, yeah. Well, what had happened in the first one was that David Webb had been completely taken to the cleaners by Andy Gray, um, and uh, that Eddie Gray. Ed, uh, sorry, Andy Gray. <laughs> Eddie Gray. Yeah, um, uh, Andy Gray. Slightly later on, um, uh, by Eddie Gray, and uh, so they had to to tactically change. So they put Ron Harris on him, and uh, funnily enough, he didn't really get much opportunity to do anything because he was lying on his backside most of the time. But. Um, um, Benetti was uh, I went up with my father and I, I was I was supposed to be playing in a, um, a trial game to see if I get into the first 11 in the cricket at school. And I, I said I was ill and missed it. So consequently, didn't get into the first 11 for until halfway through the season. But it was worth it just for that. Um, and we arrived and we were just slightly late. And my dad managed to uh, um, to park in. a. In a I don't know how we did it. We got into a car park very near uh, the stadium. And the only reason we got there was because my dad was a, a, a well-known actor of the period and uh, um uh, and he just went up to the barrier and uh, and the a commissioner came up and said uh, have you got a place have you got, have you know we've got a place and uh, a parking place and he said well actually he said oh no mr kid mr Kidd, come in come in we, you, park over there park wherever you like well, fantastic great good lovely to see you thank you watching the game yes i i, I am said my dad oh great superb eh? park over there um so he parked, and another bloke came up and said, "said Who's this bloke then? Why have you let him park there?" He said, "It's Brian Kidd's fucking brother." He said. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Kidd, of course, being a being a footballer at the time, who played for Man United, and uh, yes. of course it, it wasn't, but uh, that's how we got that's how we got right next to the ground and got and uh, got away early. But they're um, not early, but you know decently. But uh, um, yeah, and of course they scored first, and. Uh, um, uh, and Bonetti got got done very early on, so it was on one leg, and you didn't have a goalie substitute at that time, so he had to carry on, uh, and they set about protecting him, but there was a kind of, of um, revenge motive about the Chelsea at the time. There was a lot of off-the-ball, remember Charlton getting clattered by Osgood, and that wonderful kick by MacReady against Bremner's head, um, which he was, was apparently just... <laughs> apparently just uh, supposedly going for the ball, but I thought the ball was actually on the floor at the time. So I didn't quite understand. Perhaps Bremner had fallen onto the ground that he was kicking his head on the ground, but no, it was at head height. But, um, uh, and then with 10 minutes to go, it, once again, you just thought, well, Chelsea, have got to get back into this. Um, the, the sublime Charlie Cook center and the wonderful Peter, o- iconic Peter Osgood header to make it one, one. And then as, uh, as Tony has said in, um, uh, back into extra time again. And, uh, um, and the ball is, um, uh, is thrown. In fact, Chelsea were much more powerful in the, in the, in the hole of extra time. The, the, the boot was on the other foot completely. I don't know how they managed to do that from a stamina point of view, possibly, but they just came more and more into the game and scored off with a uh, um, Hutchinson throw that um, I think hit Webb on the stomach and went in. And, uh, and they held out, and it was uh, blissful, to say the least.
2: So, uh, Tony, what are, you, what are your memories of the match?
3: I mean, it, it, there's there's so many. Um, you know, ensconced safely, uh, you know, in my old house, 43 gossip Gardens, Hayes, Middlesex. Sat there with my dad. You know, just uh, levels of excitement um, beyond. Anything because you know I've got the taste. <laughs> I was like the first-time heroin crack addict. I'd, I'd, that 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 first that first cup final and a draw and it, it was just there. And I'm smiling as I'm saying this, but um, uh, uh, it, it was it was such a, a magnificent game of football and yet absolutely so dirty. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think when it was re-refereed on TV, I think. Uh, was it, it was David Ellery? I think you know, we ended up with six players, and Leeds ended up with five, or something like that. Under the current rules, you'd have just had the game abandoned. Um, but I think it was just the persistence of Chelsea. This was we've 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 sat on this fan cast and we've talked about uh, Munich and all sorts of great games where chelsea sides that we've watched in the last 15 20 years have had that never say die spirit and and that's what this lied in 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 spades in bucket loads um and my abiding abiding memory is that you know that leeds were you know a goal up they 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 then kind of worked out that they were going to consolidate that. They, they weren't particularly adventurous or anything, um, but they were ruthless Like a, at points, like a team of McAleleys there to ruin and spoil the game and do whatever it took to stop... Chelsea, who were a, more of a, a flair team, you know, we definitely had the players for the flair and everything. Um, and I think I've said this one before, but, the you know, as an eight year old boy, my treat, my treat, I was allowed every night, at some point in the night, uh, I would say to my dad, can I have two biscuits? And off I'd go, get me two biscuits, go into the, t- and what I'd do is I'd actually get four, one in each pyjama pocket and go back in with two biscuits and then sort of like, you know, whatever. And I went out, but I was crying I was actually crying. I was so upset because I couldn't see that we were going to get back into the game. Um, You know, it was probably about, you know, well, I'm looking at the newspaper report now. So it must have been about 76 minutes, 77 minutes when I just thought, no, we're not going to do this. Um, And crying, upset. This was it. The the fear, the, the, the fear and the upset. It had got into me, you know, and it had become part and parcel of, you know, uh, I was I was now a football fan, fully blooded, after watching the bloody cup final at Wembley, and, and uh, just hearing my dad shout, like, like you you probably all remember your dad's voice was the loudest voice you'd ever heard. When your dad shouted, you were either in big trouble or something serious had happened. You know, that was generally the way, um, and I just sort of got the biscuits and ran back in and he was on the ceiling because Osgood had scored, you know, and because that that cross had come in from Charlie Cook uh, and on the replay. And I just remember being so excited. It probably took about 10 minutes before I was able to sit down and watch the game again. Uh, And, and then you couldn't get me away. You could not get me away from that screen. And uh, you know, at the end, you know, that, 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 that moment is seared into my memory forever that that throw from hutchinson and the way the ball went across the goal and you know Webb, did he get his head to it i mean it was between he sort of like bundled but he, it was his moment where he got in front of jack charlton i think um uh, and uh, there was no love lost between the teams as i recall certainly not between jack charlton and any of the chelsea players for sure um and and, and then it goes in and and you just yeah i don't know that was you know, that was as, as prominent in my life as you could have tattooed me with Chelsea then, there and then, aged eight, because that was there was never going to be anybody else, ever after that. Uh, you know. And um, celebrating, you know, into the night, whatever, with my dad, I, you know, I just seem to remember that he, my dad was ambivalent about football, I guess. You know, he, he kind of liked it. He liked to have it on me. He didn't really have a team. But I think that night when his eight-year-old boy was a fully fledged Chelsea fan. Um, you know, that was, that was my dad's team as well from that point onwards. I'll get quite emotional about it because it is I a can massive, tell,
2: I can tell massive, massive moment can... in my
3: life. And and yeah. to the day I die, you know, if I get cruelly struck down by dimension, I hope that that memory is one that is expunged last of all before shuffling off this mortal coil.
2: Well, there you go. I mean, it's just. Like, it, I don't know how Alex feels about this, but it's lovely to te- to, to hear you two old codgers talk about <laughs> something that Alex and I were not able to take part in, really. But I mean, even 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 without that uh, not being there, Alex, I mean, it it seems seared on my memory, even if I wasn't there, because I grew up with people who who were there and who loved it, and I remember Alex that I had a great well, Phil, Big Phil, Psycho Phil. You know he he used to gather around with mates and they would not not watch the replay of of the seventy final. They had an l p an album, a record of the commentary, and they would gather around wow. on april the twenty ninth every year until we won it again, <laughs> listening to it. you know this is how this is how much it meant to people that were there right, just going to wrap this up i've got I've got to read you this this is uh this is actually a paper cutting from before the match right? The day of the match by Ken oh, Jones. Ken he Jones, was a, yeah, I've got, yeah. I've got
3: that one in front of me as well,
2: yeah. He's an absolute football legend. Yes. And this is this is what he said before the match, right? It will not be a pretty match. Well, actually, that's a boring bit. I'm not going to read it. <laughs> I, ex- I, ex- I expect it to be hard, intimidatory, perhaps bitter, possibly violent, and there will not be an easy winner. It could even drag on once again into a wearying period of extra time with players pressured into final demoralising error through sheer tiredness. It may all turn on the decision that Chelsea manager Dave Te- Dave Sexton will take this morning when he runs through the last talk to his team this season. He must decide between letting David Webb have another chance against the magical skills with which Eddie Gray came close to destroying him at Wembley and giving the job to someone else. Well, if you want to know about good management, people, uh, what Dave Sexton did, as Jonathan was alluding to earlier, was that he played... Uh, Ron Harris in uh, David Webb's position. And Ron, after three minutes, well, I don't actually know how many minutes it was, but early in the game, he absolutely took Eddie Gray to the cleaners. I mean, he just took him out. And Gray, Gray was hobbled for the rest of the match and basically gave Chopper a very, very wide berth. And it effectively, it neutralized Leeds. And I think it also kind of gave rise to the absolute violence we saw in the match. Um, but I think that one decision by Dave Sexton, in a sense, probably had as much to do with us winning the FA Cup that year uh than than anything else. Um it's an interesting thought to kind of wrap it up on. Now, uh, also Chidge, just where, let
1: me where, add in the end that Ellery said nine, Tony, nine people nine. left on the pitch.
2: Right,
3: yeah, okay. Yeah. Five and four
0: and <laughs> then <they're> bloody on Webb trench shirts, um, and wore a white shirt and wasn't wasn't allowed up to lift the cup and get a medal
2: because the commissioner thought he was elite. That's right. That's right. All right. We've got to wrap this up because we are massive. I'm actually, I'm even beginning to think maybe not to do the emails, but on the other hand, there's bugger all else happening. And if you don't mind, then I'm up for it. But uh, time for a very, very quick plug. And it's actually very relevant because I was saying earlier, you know, I very luckily got to interview a large proportion of that, uh, 1970 Cup winning squad, including Bobby Tambling, who didn't make it, Chopper Harris, Tommy Baldwin, Johnny Boyle, uh, to name but a few of them. In fact, those are the only ones I, I, I did interview from the uh, 70 side. And of course, I did that for the Chelsea special, which is a whole series of po- podcasts with very long interviews with all of these guys, plus Johnny Bumstead, Gary Chivers, Colin Pates, Canners. And uh, also Danny Harkins, who was the kind of the self-proclaimed leader of the show. Although well, actually, he wasn't the self-proclaimed. He never really called himself that, but he's one of the original shed boys. Um, they really are good. I mean, you know, it's, there's one thing listening to us a lot waffle on about, about these old matches. But if you talk to the players that were actually in them, you get a completely different level of insight. And they're very honest and forthright. They love Chelsea and they love us. So these will be the best £2.99 you will ever spend. And that is less than the price of cost of coffee. So you know, it ain't that expensive. Now you can download all the interviews at Chelsea Special uh and uh you basically go into podbean, go to the Chelsea special site, you click on buy single episode now. So you scroll down and you can find each one there. Buy single episode now and that'll take you straight to the uh the link by which you pay, usually via PayPal uh and then you can download it and listen to it. And uh, we've also got a website, chelseyspecial.com, We're on Twitter, at Chelsea underscore special. And, of course, we're on Facebook as Chelsea Special.